everybody welcome back it is episode number five of chaos on the rocks beachy and billy here back to uh run things from the top and uh we got another jam-packed episode full of a lot of good shit for you um bill first of all how's everything going with you how's uh how, how have you been since we last chatted uh i've been pretty good um you know just plugging away with doing my streaming and uh you know doing some uh some job hunting so there you good go. stuff uh, but yeah pretty much you know same over here no not not as much uh nothing on the streaming end for me but uh you know just working away um spent some time at a bachelor party this weekend i know you likewise had the same uh we both traveled we were in opposite directions i went north you went south um but uh good weekend had by all but uh we're back we gotta please the people so let's uh not waste a whole lot of time here um just we won't let those we won't let those sunday scaries carry yeah i mean there were no sunday scaries on my end anyways you know you know it's hard to hard to have sunday scaries when you're boating out on a lake at you know two o'clock in the afternoon yeah i was just seven hundred dollars down very drunk at a casino You know, yeah, you win some, you lose some, you know, but, uh, but all right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to lead things off here and we're going to, we're going to lead things off and kind of piggyback off of our last episode. Again, shout out to our buddy Flanny, uh, joining us on episode four, big, uh, big tip of the cap to him taking some time out of his schedule to join us here, but, um, big salute to you. Yeah. You know, a big salute, but also uh, we're going to fly a couple of freedom rockets to him, too, because um, he came on here with a pretty hot take claiming that Thin Mints and Lemonades were the top tier Girl Scout cookie or the top two in the Girl Scout cookie category, in his opinion. Now we posted a poll out there for uh, for all of y'all to take a look at. Bill, why don't you hit us with the final numbers in that poll um, so we can uh, refresh people's minds and get them caught up on how that poll finished up? Right. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, by the way, at which you're which you're completely pod, missing out, which you know you should be doing, completely missing out. So uh, with every episode, we like to post a poll. And for last episode's poll, we had our Thin Mints worthy of a top tier Girl Scout cookie ranking. And with 56% of the votes, literally one vote was the difference. Yes is the winner. Okay. So So you're saying 56% of the people that voted in that are just as crazy as Flanny, pretty much, is what you're saying? That is correct. Okay. All right. So... But uh, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna lead off tonight with a uh, with a with a story uh, via Clem at Barstool, and the Girl Scouts are stuck with fifteen million 
15 million boxes of unsold Girl Scout cookies due to COVID. Uh, the Girl Scouts have, an un- and this comes from the, uh, from the AP. This is a press release that was sent out from the Girl Scouts of America. Uh, the Girl Scouts have an unusual problem this year. 15 million boxes of unsold cookies. The 109-year-old organization says the coronavirus, uh, not thinner demand for Thin Mints, is the main culprit. Which, shout out Flanny right there, there's less of a demand for Thin Mints. So, you know, it, your, your argument just continues to slide down the side of the mountain here. But, you know, it, and it's crumbling underneath its footing. Uh, uh, crumbling, I see what you did there. Yeah, as the uh, as the pandemic wore into the spring selling season, many troops nixed their traditional cookie boots for safety reasons. "Quote: This is unfortunate, but given this is a girl-driven program and the majority of cookies are sold in person, it was to be as ex- uh, to be expected," said Kelly uh, said Kelly Parisi, a spokeswoman for Girl Scouts of the USA. The impact will be felt by local councils and troops who depend on their cookie sales to fund programming, travel, camps, and other activities. The Girl Scouts normally sell around 200 million boxes of cookies a year, or around $800 million in net worth. Uh, The council is now encouraging people to buy boxes online through its Hometown Heroes program, which distributes cookies to healthcare workers, firefighters, and others. But yeah, so the main takeaway here is, yeah, COVID sucked, not only for us, but for the Girl Scouts as well. Uh, their cookies are sitting on shelves all over the place. And you know what? I bought some Girl Scout cookies this year. I don't know about you. Did you buy Girl Scout cookies, Bill? I'm going to be honest and say, no, I did not. Melissa did. So we had one okay, box so of Girl Scout contrib- cookies. Someone, someone, yeah, yeah, someone did make a contribution and you know helped out with uh, with the Girl Scouts, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Clem goes on to break down the twelve different types and ranks them as far as Girl Scout cookies are concerned, and I'm gonna run it through. And you know, Bill, you have you have the story up as well, so you'll be able to chime in and and give your input here. So oh, we'll start absolutely. off at number twelve, uh, the cranberry citrus crisp. Which, first of all, I had no idea that these were even a cookie. Couldn't say I did either. Uh, number eleven, and this is a direct shot across the bow of the uh, SS Flanny. Uh, the lemonades, Bill. Could you do me a favor and just read the uh, the caption under underneath what uh, number eleven here in the uh, the picture that's listed? <clears throat> I am no voice actor, but we're getting there. Simply put, fuck you if you like lemon flavored cookies. That's it. That's the quote. Fuck you, Flanny. Fuck you, Flanny. Number ten. The Savannah Smiles, uh, a crisp, zesty lemon wedge dusted with powdered sugar. So we have back-to-back lemon-flavored cookies. I did not know the Girl Scouts had these many citrus-slash-lemon-flavored cookies. I didn't know either. Um, Number nine, Ra-Ra Raisins, another one I had no clue existed. 
I'm not a big raisin cookie guy either. So, you know, there is that. So I probably don't give it a whole a lot of attention every once in a while if I'm feeling, you know, dangerous. Maybe dabble in an oatmeal raisin cookie if someone makes them and they bring them to a party and they're homemade. Mm-hmm. That's Only if it. they're homemade, though. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the thanks a lots. These are gas. You know, I, I, I would not put them at eight. But I also wouldn't put them in my top three. I'd maybe bump them up. It's I would put, maybe put it five. Definitely a top five in my book. I would agree with that. I the and the description for this in this uh, article is also a pretty boring cookie. It should be called the "Go Fuck Yourself." And I have to say, I'm, I'm gonna take a little offense to that one because I do like this cookie. Yeah, I mean, it's just a vanilla cookie, right? It's a vanilla wafer, but it's got the chocolate across the bottom. You put those in the freezer and you give them a little snap. Oh, they're perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, number seven is the trios, chocolate chips, peanut butter, and oatmeal. Now, see, okay, here's where I'm going to put a, I, I have a gripe. Chocolate chip and peanut butter on a cookie, fine. Oatmeal and peanut butter on a cookie, okay, I can see it. Never put all three in a cookie together. You don't think so? No. No. You know, I I really didn't think that uh, I, initially reading that, I didn't think that would be that bad. I would have definitely given it the old college try. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think if you're going to do it, go peanut butter and chocolate chip or peanut butter and oatmeal, whatever. Don't put all three together. Uh, number six is the shortbreads. These suck. These belong at the bottom of the list. Get these out of my face. These suck. As boring as the day is long, perfect for these for these cookies. Boring as the day is long. Number five. The <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we continue, the last the last line of this description is the missionary position of the cookie industry. Great quote. Great quote. Very good quote. Um, number five, the dosi dos. Uh, these are the crunchy oatmeal sandwich cookie with creamy peanut butter fillings. Okay, okay, okay. I give them the try. Yeah. I actually don't think I've ever had one before. Toffee tastic. Never heard of them. Another one. Never heard of them. Listen. I, so I know that this thing says toffee is the most underrated candy in the game. It is fucking not. Toffee is not good. No, it's not. Like Heath Bar, that has toffee in it, right? When was the last time you went to the grocery store? I'm like, hmm, I'm feeling a Heath Bar at the checkout counter. Bro, I'm going to get one. Heath Bars were that type of candy you fucking didn't want to get when you were a kid on Halloween. If you got to the house that had Heath Bars in it, you were fucking shitting on their lawn when you were walking. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, so Toffee Tastic comes in at number three. 100 grand bar, too, by the way. Also, oh, 100 grand bar, bar, that's another one. Yep. Uh, number three, absolute garbage take here Thin Mints. And this is a terrible comparison. They're calling it the Kobe Bryant of Girl Scout cookies. Both have been around forever and they have a ton of fair, uh, ton of fanfare. Reputations these days are better than their actual performance. Putting Thin Mints in the freezer is like getting Kobe his uh is like Kobe getting his blood doctored in Germany. 
help for a short time, but it'll never be the best again. Oh God. Um, number two, and Bill, this is where our argument last week. I mean, these are, you know, right there. Bingo. One A, one B. Tagalongs. Clear number two. The peanut butters. Uh, peanut buttery smooth like Kevin Durant. They miss an extra gear to put them over the top. And that's where I think our number one blows everything out of the park. And it's the Samoas. Caramel, chocolate, coconut. Comparing it to like LeBron, I'm not a fan of that. But, but you know, if you want the basketball thing, I'd put Michael Jordan. Best around. Any debate trying to prove otherwise is just hating on him. I had a friend who listened to our podcast last week say, oh, are Samoas those coconut ones? Those are disgusting. And I said, brother, did you have COVID? Like, are your taste buds okay? Like, I'm, I'm just curious because, like, those are the literal goat. Like, those are more OG, in my opinion, uh-huh. than a gross goat cookie than a fucking Thin Minutes. Yep. Um, now, um, yeah, actually, I think I have Samoa sitting up in the uh, the cabinet over here. Might have to venture over and grab a uh, grab a couple you know, after this. If we have any representatives of the Girl Scouts of America that are listening to this, uh, I think Beach, I can speak for both of us in saying we will happily take whatever portion of those fifteen million unsold cookies are Samoas or Tagalongs. Uh, yes, I'll take seven and a half million of each, and I'll take the other. There we go. Um. So yeah, we get uh, we get that. Um, but again, you know, the main story here is just fuck you, Flanny, because this proves that your Girl Scout cookie take last week was terrible. Couldn't have been worse. And I hate to say fuck you to our listeners too, but come on, guys. Thin mints as a top tier cookie as a top two cookie. No way. No uh-huh. way. Nope. It's Samoas and peanut butter patties, and it can mean either order. If you have those two in the top two, I don't care where you put them. Uh, like I said, it's pretty much one A and one B. So Bill, moving on. Got a uh got a discussion here. And you know what uh when was the last time you went out to went out to dinner, Bill? Well, as we were just talking about, uh, you and I both went on uh, bachelor parties this weekend. Uh, I actually ate at the Guy Fieri Flavortown restaurant in Foxwoods. Okay, and it was quite the experience. I gotta say, shout out to Joe. Uh, uh, Joe, I don't know if you ever listened to this podcast. I met him this weekend. One of my cousins' good friends. This dude comes up to Foxwoods first off in the greatest mullet I've ever seen in my life. Like, like you have to have a big pair of nuts to be rocking this kid's mullet. And he just had it with no fucking shame. And I had like instant respect for that. So this in the front party in the back. Exactly. So when we're sitting in Guy Fieri's Flavortown restaurant, he orders the table bar tequila. He specifically tells the waitress, hey, I want bar tequila. I don't want to be paying a lot for tequila. We've all been drinking at that point, 7.30 at night, you know, on, on Saturday too. So we already had had the previous day to do all of our shit too. So 
three rounds of tequila shots later, we get the bill. $280 spent on three rounds of tequila shots because they gave us Patron. I'm sorry, that was Wait, Patron. what? Uh, they gave us silver. They gave us... Uh, Jose? What did they give us? No, we asked for Jose. What did they end up giving us? No, they, they ended up giving us this top shelf tequila. It had I to forget what it was called. Yeah, it was. It, it, it definitely was Patron, though. Yeah, because we had asked for, for bar tequila, and they gave us top shelf tequila. <laughs> so naturally, okay. naturally, we also just took the shot glasses after that, too, because, hey, we want a souvenir after almost $300 of liquor being spent. That's, the, that's insane. So and wait, know the many, best how part? Many peop- how many people were there for, uh, for your party? So we had a party at 12, but because of COVID restrictions, each table was six and six. So that's why I want to shout out Joe too, because he was A, the person that ordered them and B, the person that paid for them. Jesus, good for him. I'll give Joe a shout out too. Um, but okay, yeah. So that's wild, but that's not the, uh, that's, that's not the question here that we have for a discussion, Bill. I want to know uh, what what is your worst experience working in a restaurant? Because we've all, you know, we've all been out and, you know, you go and you have dinner and, you know, you might, you might have a server who maybe has a bad day and that makes your experience a little bit less than pleasant. But I've had the experience of working in a restaurant and you likewise, what is your worst experience working in the food business? So, you know, those moments people talk about where you wake up at two in the morning and you lie awake and you just think of those cringy things you did when you were younger. So funny enough, that happened to me. I woke up at three o'clock this morning, wide awake, and I just lied in bed for an hour. And I actually grabbed my phone to write this down in our discussion doc. So, (laughs) so I, my first job ever, right when I turned 13, was at a breakfast restaurant uh, up in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, called Mama Leone's. Doesn't exist anymore, but RIP Mama Leone's, that was a goat breakfast spot. So I was probably 14, you know, probably my second, third summer working here. Um, and this absolute Karen of a woman is at this table. And I'm a food runner. So... Uh, the woman's order was, you know, the typical two eggs, meat, home fries, toast, right? So I bring the food to the woman's table uh, and she goes, um, excuse me, I did not order ham with my meal. I ordered bacon with my meal. So I go, oh my God, ma'am, I'm so sorry. You know, let me grab that for you. And some part of my 13, 14 year old brain thought, yeah, I'm just going to grab the ham right off her plate and just bring it right back to the thing. No, you didn't. Let me tell you that the manager of the restaurant was not very happy about that decision 13, 14 year old Bill made. And neither was the Karen. That Karen said, I am not eating this fucking food. I, that was so disgusting. Blah, blah, blah. And because I don't know, you know, like I'm just, I'm young, I'm a little inexperienced because it was my first time doing food running that summer. And instead of even, I didn't even put it on a side plate. I literally just put it in my hand and walked, walked back to the kitchen. 
I just straight up grabbed this woman's ham and brought it back. That's. Yeah, that was the first time I realized that jobs have the complete liberty to just chew your ass out and there really isn't a lot you can do about it, especially when you make a mistake like that. Yeah, especially in the food industry, too. Like, oh, it was so embarrassing, though. Like, because it, it was also one of those moments where, like, like the like two wires in my brain just connected, and like the thought and decision and action would just all happened all at once. And like the second it happened, like some other part of my brain was like the alarm was triggered. Like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Why did that just happen? Why did we just make that decision? The care the inside out characters in my brain were not very happy at each other about that. That's insane. So yeah, uh, if you were the woman who I grabbed her ham off her plate, uh, I'm very sorry about that. I was only 13 or 14 years old, and you definitely made me feel like a really shitty person. Wow. So I don't I don't even know if I can come anywhere close to that, but um, I I uh, same same kind of situation for me. I was like 14, maybe 15 years old at the time. I was working at a, as a bus boy and dishwasher, whatever you want to call it. And so we'd have to go over, you know, you go over to the kitchen and grab the, bu- the buckets with, you know, the grease traps and everything like that. So I went over and one of the, co- one of the line cooks at the time turns to me and goes, Hey, there's, uh, there's a thing of rotten egg in that, in that, bucket he's like just be careful so it's like okay you know we're good to go here and uh grab the bucket whatever bring it over and uh, in the process of you know walking the 20 feet from the kitchen over to the to the sink area my uh my boss comes over he's like hey i need you to come out and grab a table real quick and unload it so we can get it turned over and get get other people sat down during the time it took me to go out in like the three minutes to clean off the table, get rid of all the dishes and all that stuff on the table and bring it back. I spaced, forgot about the eggs. Uh-oh. So I'm in there taking stuff, putting in the dishwasher, you know, putting stuff, you know, organizing plates to, you know, wash and scrub and break all that stuff down, whatever. I stuck my hand in to the bottom of the bucket because I was fishing around for silverware and I went like this with the silverware and I got rotten egg running all across the front of my face. And I was like, uh, I knew what it was. So I I immediately, I I closed my mouth. I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm." and I'm searching, I'm keeping my eyes closed. I'm searching for a towel, something, anything to try and, uh, to try and wipe it off and get rid of it. And I, I almost gagged and I was like, Oh God, this is brutal. I'm like, uh, uh. I'm like, I'm going to puke everywhere. And like, it got down my shirt that I was wearing or whatever. And you know, the rest of the day, all I could smell was the rotten egg. And it, let's just say the, the last two hours of the day dragged on. It was like every minute that went by, felt like four hours it was brutal it was brutal 
So needless to say, the rest of the time that I worked there, uh, I was extremely cautious about uh, anything and everything in these buckets. And I never made any like sudden movements with trying to fish silver out of the bottom of the bucket or something like that ever again. It was, uh, yeah, it was bad. Would you would you classify that as like probably I'm assuming the worst smelling and worst feeling thing that's ever oh, happened? Oh, it was to terrible. You? I don't. I wouldn't wish that smell or that feeling or having to deal with that aftermath on my worst enemy. Would not. It was. It was brutal. Ugh, God. I'm just. Uh, I'm like you. I'm having. It's gonna. That's gonna be the thing that keeps me awake tonight for an hour. I'm sorry I had to bring up that memory for you. Oh. Oh. Yeah. All right, Bill. We got a couple more things we want to get to here. Uh, next. Next thing involves uh, some some Canadians, eh? Why don't, uh, why, don't, why don't you take us through that one? Sorry that the, if you... If you click on that link, there's a super loud video that plays. Uh, I hate when that happens. By the way, if you're a website that has automatic video players on it and you just have your automatic video play right at full fucking volume and just blast your ears, not cool. Not cool. Um, so, yeah, so a Canadian gender reveal party sparked a wildfire and had a couple in Alberta find $500. And it's just the latest in the new seeming trend of dangerous gender reveal parties. So hold, on, so, hold on, before before you get to this, I was listening to Toucher and Rich on 985 The Sports Hub a couple of weeks ago. And they were talking about this, this a similar story. Um. I forget where it was. It was somewhere in like the Plastow, Atkinson area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these people were using like thermite or something like that to detonate whatever. And the, you know, they had it set to, um, to puff up and smoke and whether it was going to be pink or blue, whatever, you know, I, I forget the, uh, hold on. Now I, now I want to take the second here to, um, to find the story gender reveal uh explosion it is actually linked in that article funny enough oh is it yes uh 80 pounds of explosives is what was used there according to the uh news article and this was in okay yeah there it is yeah people people it was so explosive people feared it was an earthquake and it was in kingston it was okay it wasn't kingston it was, yeah. Tannerite was what it Chalk was. Chalk and Tannerite, yep. Over the counter explosive used for firearms practice, sold in kit form. So I, I just, just real quick before I throw it back to you, I remember listening to the, to the show that day and they had the call, they had the 911 calls from a couple of different people in the area. And this one woman called in and was like, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on, but my house just shook from a massive explosion. And she's like, we live about a mile and a half away from the quarry that this whole thing took off in. <laughs> if you live a mile and a half away from a quarry and someone has an explosion like this, 
Can you imagine what it would have been like on the scene? I'm surprised. Did anybody die? I didn't know. Look in, but no. Jesus. That's so crazy. Yeah, it looks like this Alberta, Canada uh, couple just had fireworks that they were uh, setting off with blue or pink powder inside to indicate the baby's sex, which advertently set off an inferno. Roughly three-fourths of a football field were burned down before the firefighters were able to extinguish the flames. One of the firefighters was quoted saying that while fireworks and exploding targets can be fun, they can also come with a hefty price tag if you inadvertently start a wildfire, which resulted in the couple being fined $500, which I think $500 is a very fair, fair. fine, considering they burned down almost three-fourths of a football field of of uh land let's call it yes and that is just crazy um you know no 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 indication of uh what gender the baby actually was but uh regardless congratulations to this family but jesus christ you should y'all shouldn't have been reproducing (laughs) yeah that was that was something um but so bill the question we're posing Right, and this will be our poll for the week. Right, we'll uh, discussion post. There nope. might be there might be one more topic we have later down the line that I think okay, all right, might we'll, be a better. We'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge. We'll cross that then. bridge when we get. We'll all do right. a poll internally to see which one we would rather right, do. Yeah. Um, but the question we're asking here is, what would your idea be for a gender reveal? If you were going to do one, you know, what, what would it be? So I like, I like the ones that I've seen of like people filling up a ball and hitting it or like people like taking a football and like throwing it to their significant other and then they gronk spike it. But like, for me, like those are cool. And like, in reality, I'd probably do that. But I personally would want to be in the seat of like a, a, a jet or something, you know, the things that do sky writing. And I want them to write out it's a, and then do a little dot, dot, dot. And then they just have the color smoke trail. I'll just fucking fly right through okay. it. Just, I want to be in the plane. If I'm not right. in the plane, I'm pissed. Um, personally for me, I don't care. Cause I'm the, uh, I'm the kind of person that doesn't really care. I'll find out when the kid arrives. No, I'm just fucking extra. I, I I agree with that though. Like I I like the idea of it being a little bit of surprise, but I feel like nowadays like gender reveals have been very modernized because pe- people and parents are more like, well, I do want to know the gender of my baby so I can, you know, buy or I can paint my nursery in appropriate color. I can paint you know, buy clothing that's appropriate for the child. Just paint the thing know? like off white or yellow or some like neutral color. Hey man, it's 2021. All right. People, people, people uh, like to do that stuff. <laughs> you know, and like, that's the other thing too. Like nowadays it's, uh, it's, oh, well, there's more than two genders. Okay. What happens if you invite somebody that, you know, feels that there's more than two genders and we're there to, you know, oh, well, we're predetermining what this kid is going to be in life. I don't, I don't, I don't need that headache, you know, and why do, why should I have to put together a party to invite people over to my place? 
I mean, hey, think about it this way. You'd be the father, though, so you can at least get fucking shitted if you wanted to. Uh, I guess. But... You can do it for your wife or your girlfriend at that point, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I don't care. I, I really, I couldn't even begin to tell you what my idea would be because it really doesn't bother me. Oh, you don't have like an over the top. I mean, I just literally said I wanted to fly a fucking jet <laughs> with, with a fucking trail behind it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I was going to do something, I'd be like, you know, the typical redneck, get like smoke or something in the exhaust pipe of my truck or do a tire burnout or something like that in my yard. Okay. I mean, hey, well, those will probably won't cause a fire. So, I mean, yeah. it's better than better I get. Than yeah. Nothing. I mean, okay, fine. If I had to pick, I'll do a tire burnout in the yard. Yeah. Like I said, I think I'd only do it if my significant other wanted to do it. So, all right. You got two more things on the agenda here. Uh, and I really want to know what piqued your interest in this one here, the, our, uh, our second discussion topic of the evening. Um, everyone likes a good superhero movie. I'm sorry. I just want to pause for a fucking second. I just saw a motherfucking mouse run across my fucking floor. And I have been hunting these motherfuckers for so fucking long. I'm sorry. I'm taking this. Let me... Let, Listen, Chaos on the Rocks pod listeners. Oh, he's got a mouse. I have had, me and my girlfriend have moved in this apartment in September. We have had, and it's also the closet has all my Pokemon cards in. That's why I'm also the most like, what the fuck? But me and my girlfriend have had a mouse problem since the beginning of COVID. So last fucking March, there was a 12 week span where I caught a mouse every single day. What? I'm not joking, Beach. I am not joking. That's actually a little gross. It's disgusting. That's what we get for living in the middle of the woods in New Hampshire, I guess. But there, they, they had there was a there was a good lull of them for a little while. Um, there was a good lull of them for a little while, but yeah, these motherfuckers. Actually, what did I say last March? No, it's probably more like November. Actually, um, yeah, these motherfuckers have literally called war on me, Beachy. When I tell you that there is a declared war in this house, and I thought we had a fucking peace treaty. I really fucking thought we had a peace treaty. You know, I, I saw this little motherfucker out of the corner of my eye. You know, like how I'm sitting, I look at my computer, look at my microphone, everything. It's all right in fucking front of me. I see this little little black thing just moving out of the corner of my fucking eye. Dude, they're sneaky fuckers. They're sneaky fuckers. He literally ran back in. I screamed, I said something, and he ran right back in. That's insane. Well, so fucking crazy. Bill, this is this is a perfect opportunity since you just brought it up while, while we have a moment here. This is a great time to remind you that this episode of Chaos on the Rocks is proudly sponsored by Victory Road Warriors. For anyone out there looking for real cash offers on the Pokemon cards you have sitting in your closet, well, it's time to tell those cards to come on out of the closet and into the arms of the Victory Road Warriors. Victory Road Warriors deals with the buying, selling, and trading of Pokemon cards and always, 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 always for the right price. Check them out on TCG Player and eBay to see what's for sale and follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Victory Road Warriors to learn more about all the history of Pokemon cards and to see the rarest and catch them all. Shout out to Victory Road Warriors. Be sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok. 
at Victory Road Warriors. And I promise you, if you buy cards from us, there won't be my spoop on them. Yes. Very good point. But, uh, but all right. So, again, back to the main question here, Bill. I really want to know what piqued your interest in, uh, in this question here. And I'll let you kind of tee it up before, uh, before we diverge and get into it. Sure. So you're still, you're still freaked out. I bet you right now you wish you, um, yeah. my, my, like, uh, I, I don't even want to call it adrenaline. Cause like when I see the mice, I get adrenaline. Cause like, I hate that. I don't kill them in, in humane ways. I just want to preface that with that. I use glue traps, but I, we do dispose of them. We do, um, you know, kill them, but we do it in humane ways. You know, we, we don't, um, we don't, we don't do things wrong around here. We respect nature, but Nature has no place in our house. Anyway, going back to this topic, now that I'm thoroughly shook. Um, so uh, my roommate in college, who was my roommate in college for all of my four years, shout out uh, Dylan. Uh, randomly on a maybe Friday, Saturday night, our freshman year of college, he looked at me and he just asked me this question. And he said, hey, what would be your minor league superpower? And it's one of those questions that you just like don't hear very often. And, you know, obviously you ask for a little explanation. So, you know, I said, so what do you mean a minor league superpower? And he was like, well, you know, like, you know, Superman can fly, has super strength. You know, the flash has super speed. You know, some people have invisibility, et cetera. You know, it, it's a power that, you know, is, is just overpowered, you know, like, like it just makes you, completely and utterly greater than like every mm -hmm. other being in this world so what a minor league superpower would be for is something that could get you over a mild inconvenience so my roommate's answer to this question which i have argued i think is considered a major superpower but i think we've had enough people say that it isn't a major superpower is he wants to have photosynthesis and what he means by that is the ability to create his own food if he needed to Okay. All right. And what would yours be? I've flip-flopped on this pretty often um, because there's just so many good ones. I mean, I, I think that there is, is, there's like two or three that really stick out to me. Um, the first one is always having a good perspective of time. So meaning that if I were to throw something in the oven for 20 minutes and walk away, maybe go take a shower, do something else around the house. I would always like 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Exactly. I'd always walk into the kitchen at the exact right time, or, you know, the microwave is goes off at the exact right time. Um, another thing that I've always thought would be pretty good is, you know, the ability for self trimming fingernails and toenails. You know, just like once they got to an awkward good length, on, they on, themselves uh, could just go personal hygiene. True, right? Um, oh, I got a great one. Let's hear your great one, though. Never having a wipe after taking a shit. That is like that's the definition of a mild superpower. You know, never like that, having to wipe after taking a shit. That is the absolute definition of a mild of a mild superpower. Um. Another one I've said in the past too is every every traffic light I drive up to is always green. Ooh, good one. You know? Good one, good one, good one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Your laundry is always clean. 
after you wear it? Is that, you know, like never mm. having to do laundry? Is that, or I'm trying to think, like never having to spend a large, like you could do laundry in 20 minutes, you wash it and dry it in 20 minutes and you're done. Mm-hmm. That could another be one, one, another one I've been told in the past too, and I just remembered it. Uh, always having a good comeback. You know, when you're sitting there reliving yeah. an argument and you're like, man, I wish I said that, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I, I think that's a good one too. I don't know how many right, arguments so yeah, that, I really yeah. find myself in. All but. right. That's going to be our, uh, this is going to be our poll question of the week. Uh, and so we'll phrase it just as that, and you can answer it as you feel. What would be your minor league superpower? And you know, kind of base it off of some of the things that we just discussed and broke down and reach back and let us know what you think. And you can't wait to hear some of these ones. Yes. And we will definitely be sharing our favorite responses on our Instagram story, which again is at chaos on the rocks pod. And we'll also, we'll also get to them on next week's episode as well. We uh, will discuss some of our uh, favorite top ones here. Um, on the show next week so we got one last thing on the agenda tonight bill and this is a story that goes back 10 years at this point tonight being june 15th in the year of our lord 2021 it is the 10 year anniversary of the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup for the first time in 39 years and bringing their sixth Stanley Cup back to the city of Boston after shutting out the Vancouver Canucks for nothing in game seven in Vancouver and also seeing the clowns out in Vancouver riot and destroy their own city because they lost the game. Like, yeah, we'd be pissed here, and, you know, we've seen our teams lose a handful of times. I mean, the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup game seven two years ago. Nobody was out in the street rioting. Like, that didn't happen. Bruins fans are all – they're more pissed off than anything because they lost a game seven. They're not going to go out and destroy where they live. Like, and I thought Canadians were supposed to be mild-mannered out of all this. But anyways, that doesn't matter. Ten years ago tonight, the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. You know, Mark Recchi goes out. He finishes a 22-year career. He wins his third cup, three different teams. He won with the Hurricanes in 06. He won with the Penguins uh, prior prior to that. No, or was he? I can't remember. I can't remember whether the Recchi was on that 08. I think Mark Recchi was on that 08 Stanley Cup team with Pittsburgh uh, or 09. Uh, yeah, drafted in 88. He won his cups. Oh, six. Sorry. Oh, six Carolina. I don't know. 91 in Pittsburgh. Oh, six in uh, Carolina. And then 2011 in Boston. Um, And then he won two more as a player development coach with Pittsburgh in 16 and 17. Um, Wow. What a career. But that. That run for the Bruins that year was insane, right? You go through the first round. They're down 0-2. They lose the first two games of the first round on home ice to Montreal. 
they then have to go up to Montreal for games three and four against a team that had had their number in the postseason for the last handful of years prior to this point. They use the time, they bond, they go to Lake Placid, see, you know, where the miracle on ice took place and, you know, just try and get back to the basics. Go out, you win one game at a time. They come back, they win that series, game seven. Nathan Horton, top of the circle, shot, score. The call lives on. It's great. uh, Round two, uh, they sweep Philadelphia after being eliminated the year prior after being up 3-0 in the second round and blowing a 3-0 series lead. They sweep Philly out of the playoffs. Uh, the third round, the Eastern Conference Finals, they take on a Tampa team and they win game seven in what is probably to this day the best game seven I've ever witnessed in my life. It was a one nothing hockey game. Not a single penalty was called in the whole thing. It was just up and down action all night. Both goaltenders were on lock. You had Timmy Thomas, who was in the middle of his Stanley Cup run and on the way to winning the Conn Smythe eventually down the road. Dwayne Rolison was reborn again. You know, he'd been through some struggles. You know, he kind of found his niche with Tampa that season. Um, it, w- it was just a fantastic hockey game. And then you get, you go, you go to the cup final, the Bruins, same thing, lose the first two games of the series, except this time they're coming home to Boston. Um, both those games in Vancouver, they could have easily won. One of them went to overtime and, Game winner was scored like 15 seconds into the, into the first overtime. Um, game two, it was another late goal in the third period that could have, you know, it could have been another overtime game. But like, I just, I just think back to that night, and it's like, holy crap! I can't believe it's already been 10 years. Um, I remember the parade. The parade was awesome. It was a day, middle of June. I think it was like the 17th or 18th. Um, that they held the parade. I skipped my first day of work at, at the, the restaurant. I actually was just talking about uh, earlier on in the episode, skipped my first day of training. It was a family friend restaurant kind of thing. So, you know, they, you know, they were, they understood, they understood. More, you know, they, they understood, but they weren't, you know, big fans of it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Fuck them. Um, not to be mean to those people, yeah. But you know, it, it, it was what it is. I mean, here I am, ten years later. I haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to go to another Bruins Cup parade. I don't know if I ever will. Um, well, don't throw that out there. No, no, no. I, I don't want to throw that out there. But you, you gotta think. It's the realist in you. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. it is the realist in you. You know. So, my question here is if you could go back and relive any one title and parade any of the four Boston teams here have won at our age right now, what one would it be? And for me, it's simple. It's it's the Bruins one. I'm 25 years old. The Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Forget about it. I, I don't even want to think about what would – what would happen to me in Boston that the day of the parade, it would, it would not even be funny. So I have two and it's mainly because I would have wanted to been witness to both of these things. Mm-hmm. Number one. And I, I, I would hope that most other Boston sports fans besides yourself would agree with this one. Red Sox, 2001. 
I mean, you mean 2004? 2004. Sorry, yes. Um, 2000. I, I'm thinking of the Patriots because that's my other one. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, Red Sox 2004, breaking the curse. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to have been there as a as a Boston sports fan? Um, I mean, just. It was a cold, was, wet, and rainy October I, day. I don't give I a remember. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I no, remember no, no, as I'm, a kid. I'm not I saying that I do either. It, more, but. I was at the, uh, I was at the Pats parade after the Atlanta Super Bowl, and it was a snowy, wet, cold, raw day in February, and I didn't give a shit. No, you wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah, but my second answer though, Patriots in 2001, because imagine being That's able set the to. Tone. To, exactly. It, we witnessed the first ever Super Bowl parade and the first ever Super Bowl of the GOAT. Yep. Like it, Tom Brady has taken his nuts and put them on the table in New England. Like I, as somebody who has seen Not only in New career, England, but the NFL as well. Right. As somebody who has seen the career of Tom Brady play out and continue to play out and him being my legit favorite player ever, besides maybe Teddy Bruschi and Brian Urlacher. Um, you know it's just knowing what i know now you know because the question is posed as at the age we are now i'm assuming that we'd have the same sort of knowledge we have now because obviously we'd be picking the event in history yes you know like that's to me that would just be a priceless moment okay nice yeah i definitely i i um there's no doubt in my mind it would be the 2011 cup parade for the bruins like and you, you know me, and for people out there that are tuned in and that, you know, may or may not know me, like, I eat, sleep, and breathe hockey. Like, the Bruins are, the Bruins are my team. Black and gold till I'm dead and cold. There's, there's no other team. And like, we ain't talking about Pittsburgh. No. And, like, I don't, I don't care if you know, again, I don't care if I have to wait another 39 years. I really hope I don't. But like, man, there's just, if I could go back, it would be, it would be to the, to that day in June. And I remember it too. I remember it well with, with my buddy that I ended up going to the parade with that day. Um, we woke up, I got dropped off to the train station at like 615 and we were taking the first train out of Haverhill to get in to Boston. They couldn't take any more passengers after, after the Lawrence because of the Haverhill and Bradford and Lawrence stops completely filled up that train. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, how many other stops are after that? Uh, I want to say at least another dozen. That's just crazy. I want to say at least another dozen because it goes Lawrence, then it goes to Andover, Ballardville, Wilmington, Reading, Wakefield. Yeah, there's another. There's a few more handfuls of stops on that line. So it's like holy crap. That's actually insane. I I had no idea that, that was a fact. Yeah, it was it was nuts, and we luckily we were there early enough. We got a spot right on the. Uh, Right, we were able to actually sit down and stuff because eventually get to the point where people were like standing around, bumping elbows, doing you know, trying to make room amongst themselves, and it was just it was just an all around disaster. 
but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. So, all right, fellas and ladies out there, that'll do it for us here on episode five chaos on the rocks again, where there are no rules. There are no regulations, just a couple of jabronis giving it to you. Like we, like we can again, be sure to follow us on Instagram at chaos on the rocks pod head on over there and be sure to vote or give us your take on uh, this week's discussion poll. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well at chaos OTR underscore pod. You can find Billy at B Yamin on Twitter. You can find me at Ian Bo B E A U. Appreciate the uh, support from everybody out there again as well. Uh, be sure to head on over to victory road warriors and uh, give them a like and follow and uh, tune in to great content over there as well. And uh, we get some more exciting stuff coming your way as well here um, in the coming weeks. And um, we're, we're really looking forward to sharing some of this stuff with you. There he is again. Sorry, but there he is again. We just <laughs> ran out of the room. All right. Perfect timing for us to uh, to wrap this one up and get on I'm out of here, so Bill can boys. so Bill can go kill the mouse and take care of it. Um, but again, yeah, appreciate the uh, the support. Be sure to share it and uh, you know let everybody know we got some great stuff coming out and uh, we're looking forward to to getting that out to you. But for Bill, my name's Beach. I remember, life's always better with a drink on the rocks. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bruins, baby. 2011 Stanley Cup champs. You did it. Now, Boston, get up. I'm from a city where all we do is win. If you rep Boston, just jump, 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 jump. And it just feels so good to have the Stanley Cup. Boston just jump, 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 jump. I'm from a city where all we do is win. If you rep Boston, just jump, 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 jump. And it just feels so good to have the Stanley Cup.